0: I don't know what to scream because this year's already been fucking crazy. Ah!
1: What, what's crazy about the year, though? Is it the coup? It's the coup. Was it the coup? Happy then? coup year. I'm still yeah. that
0: joke from Robert Evans. It's fine. Happy Good coup job. year, everybody. Good job. Happy coup year.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Actually, right had it wasn't one even protest. Evans, Katie.
0: Yeah. Right had one pro. Well, there was protest. One day of protesting, and five people died in one location. That, that's fucking fucked that up. Shit.
1: Anyways, I'm Tasman. Hey, I'm Bryson, and this is Tangent Avenue. In this show, we bring a new topic every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we tell each other all about it. Yeah, Bryson, what's what's the topic this week? Do you not know? I thought I told you. No, you refused. I refused, that is correct. Today, I'm going to talk about more D&D shit, because I love it so much. And I'm going to so talk about... Two,
0: uh, two, two D&D episodes in a row?
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, do you have a problem with that? No, not at all. Today... I'm going to talk about my favorite D&D monster, and what I think is probably Gary Gygax, the creator of D&D's favorite monster. Hell yeah. Uh, Before we today... get into that, though, okay, we do cool. want to remind you guys right. to yeah, uh, check out to our Patreon. Anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. We want people to check out our Patreon, right?
1: I mean, sure, but I wanted to talk more about this thing. But okay, yeah, oh, go Oh, we on. will.
0: We will. So yeah, uh, we have a Patreon, uh, as we've been mentioning uh, quite often. Ad Nauseam. <sighs> yep. Uh, and we do a weekly power hour outside of the um, the week that we have our Tangent Takeover episode in place of the power hour that will come out, which the Tangent Takeover episode is a topic chosen by you guys, voted on by you guys, pitched by you guys. A lot of fun. Uh, that one's going to be coming out next week, uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Spicy DND 2. And also, we did set a full release schedule uh, for our Patreon, so... Early episodes will be released uh, f- the Friday before they officially come out, and then just to not break your guys's uh, routine with us too much, the power hours that attach to that episode will be coming out on our usual Wednesday date. That way, you guys get double the content every week. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. We're also thinking about doing a D and D one
1: shot monthly, which could be a lot of fun too. You gotta see me at my best when I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is you always really fun. are
0: at your best when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. I you're know, so man. happy.
1: I'm so happy and I'm so good at it.
0: Yeah, it was really nice we played D and D last night. It was really nice seeing you actually being fucking happy for once. Yeah, for several seconds at least. Yeah. Because you yeah. you've been you've been having a rough time. It's been been having a rough time. I'm not sad. I'm not sorry, my best
1: man. moments. No.
0: But you were so happy last night and it filled me with joy. I
1: just want you to know that. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, enough with that gay shit, okay? Yeah. Hell I mean, yeah. We do hate the gays here at Tangent Avenue. No, we don't. Okay, my bad. We don't. Yep. I'm sorry. Nope. Mm-hmm. You know who we do hate though? Republicans. And? Ronald Reagan.
0: And? Donald Wait, Trump. how many days is Robert? uh, Robert? <laughs> Ronald <laughs> Robert Reagan. Reagan. Been... <laughs> how how long has he been dead? Nine thousand
1: seven hundred and sixteen days.
0: Hell yeah. We also hate Ben Shapiro here. Anyways. I hate Ben Shapiro as well.
1: <laughs> Dry we ass a lot of happen,
0: motherfucker. It's fine. Uh tell me about this monster, man. Who are we talking we, about? What are we today, talking about? Today,
1: we're gonna talk about the beholder. Let's take a drive down.
0: Let's take a drive down Tangent Avenue! The Behol Yes!
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. I love the Beholder. Give me those sweet little eyeballs. What? Uh
1: alright, so talking about the Beholder today. Uh, I'm gonna do something kinda weird. The last D&D episode I did, I didn't really go into their stat blocks, but beholders are very weird in the world of D&D. Um, and we're going to talk about the stat block first, because their stat blocks are very inclusive into what makes them who they are. So, yeah. if you're unfamiliar with how stat blocks work in d and uh, I'll try to explain as much as I can without being boring. Um, <laughs> so, beholders are... Uh, told to be have, having, like, an inhuman intellect. Now, mm-hmm. with that said, the actual stat score that determines intelligence in D&D, which is intelligence, they only have 17. So, my current 22-year-old college student wizard is smarter than a beholder. So... But is he more wise? Uh, no, actually, they're they're not as wise. They're fi- their wisdom's 15. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so okay. it, it's one of those uh, situations where you're definitely going to want to play it as smarter than a, in a stat basis. They actually are. Mm-hmm. The bolt holders have uh, are known for having ten eye stalks as well as a a, a uh, central eye that encompasses their head. Um, mm-hmm. They have they're very strange looking because they're the monster type that they are is called an aberration. Aberrations in D and D basically span uh, otherworldly, outwardly evil, almost alien in nature, uh, and a lot of them tend to have the kind of like Lovecraftian vibe to it, um, which is why beholders are so fucked looking. So their central eye uh, has one of the worst is what makes beholders so difficult to fight, and that is an anti-magic cone. I'm gonna read this verbatim. The beholder's central eye creates an anti-an uh, area of anti-magic, as in the anti-magic f- field spell, in a 150-foot cone. At the start of each of its turns, the beholder decides which way the cone faces and whether the cone is active. The area works against the beholder's own eye rays. So, if you're, if you're sitting in, right in front of a beholder, you're pretty safe from their eye rays... Um, but if you're using a magical weapon, like a good greatsword, or any magical armor that would protect you otherwise, all of that stuff is less powerful because all of the magic, so it's just normal armor and a normal sword.
0: Yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, and normally if you're fighting these guys at the correct timing, you're gonna be around level 6 to 8, um, which by that point you are probably relying on magical weapons. Hey, remember that time that Mugen... That I killed off, three like, beholders? Yeah, yeah and at what? Level, what? Five, I think? Yeah, level Jesus. five, yeah. That was fucked, man. That's right. I'm good at d and I wanted to kill you. Yeah, and you, you can't. It's impossible. I Anthony mean, it's tried not... to kill me last night. Yeah, it he was a dream sequence.
0: The and so, like, it wouldn't have actually killed you. Yeah. But I wanted it to happen. Yeah. Just I'm... to check Mugen a little bit. But no, I... Mugen was... Get fucked me again. Yeah. Get fucked. Unfortunately,
1: you forgot about the anti-magic cone, which would have actually fucked me good. Uh, yeah, I did actually. Yeah. I don't think I used that once. Speaking of those other eye stocks, speaking of those little, little tentacle eyes that they got, they have ten of those, uh, and uh, these ten eye stocks uh, pose a unique challenge to both um, the DM and the player. Hell because... yeah. And if
0: you want to know what these look like,
1: check okay. out baddragon.com. com. <laughs> <laughs> can we get like can we get um a butt plug that just the plug in and then outside of the plug is a beholder just winking at you I fu- I want one how many I w- <laughs> How many <laughs> I eyes does a beholder have to blink with in order for it to be a blink cause they have 11 um, eyes total I would say that it would have to be all of them because we that's a blink Tez. Taz, that's a blink? That's a blink? Taz, uh, I want you to wink with both eyes real quick.
0: Oh, I thought you said fuck blink.
1: It. No. Oh, <laughs> I said okay. wink.
0: I was like, what are you. Yeah, I'm aware that's a blink. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, for a wink? Yeah. I'd probably say half. But it's an 11 eyes. Yeah, one of them has to close half (laughs) the (laughs)
1: way. Just like, uh, uh, you have five blinks and a a fucking shiver. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, um, these uh, eye stocks, the eye rays that they use, are determined randomly, completely. You have to roll a d10 three times, and you re-roll any duplicates of that d10. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and... Give me one moment. We are not going to talk about all of these different Ires yet. Yet. Okay. Okay. We're not. We're just not going to. It also can bite you. But like, that's not. You know. Yeah. Who gives a fuck?
0: I can also bite you. I mean, who? Who cares about bites? You know. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Now that we know a little bit about what these beholders do, Tez. Yeah. Me and you are gonna have. A little bit of fun talking about what they are. Okay? okay? So. To those who would seek to conquer beholders or merely understand them, nearly everything about their quarry is unfathomable. These bizarre creatures are possessed of alien intelligence, which is an intelligence score of 17, <laughs> and human forms of perception, which is a wisdom score of 15, <laughs> Yeah. the ability to shape reality through sheer force of will, or even by their mere presence. Okay. Inside the comfortable confines of its subterranean layer, a uh, beholder is nearly unassailable thanks to the combination of its peerless inter- intellect, which again is 17, <laughs> and the brutal effect of its eye rays. Hell Yeah. Yeah. Some of the behaviors and motivations of uh, that beholders exhibit are analogous to those of humans and other intelli- uh, intelligent creatures. Uh, the difference is one of degree. For instance, where a prideful, confident human might be cowed by serious threat, the arrogance of a beholder knows no such bounds. It believes that it is the superior to every other creature, even including other beholders. So...
0: Okay, so they're like white nationalists, basically. They are
1: white nationalists, if and all white nationalists thought that, specifically this white they, guy, yep. pointing to himself, I'm the, I'm the whitest guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Ben Shapiro, or Donald Trump?
1: More, pr- uh, more on Steven Crowder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Ben Shapiro and Donald Trump... Um, Donald Trump's a racist and Ben Shapiro's yep. a racist. Yeah. I would not describe them as white nationalists though. They court a white nationalist audience? That's fair, yeah. But it's 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 weird. It's a it's a weird dichotomy. They there. they tread a very thin line. <laughs> they certainly pretend to be white nationalists. Yeah. And at one point, you know, at what point is that just no longer pretending? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh boy. So, A human chess player becomes a master by honing the ability to look several moves ahead during the game, Mm -hmm. which is still no match for what a Beholder can accomplish with its superior intelligence and awareness. Again, intelligence score 17, wisdom score 15. (laughs) I will say this for Beholders, though. The bonus that they get to um, perception actually turns their actual perception to plus 12, but again wisdom 17, intelligence 17. Hell yes. My character is smarter than any beholder. Um, The mind of a beholder is powerful and versatile enough that it can envision literally any possibility, and it prepares accordingly, making it virtually impossible for any invaders to catch it unawares. This way of thinking could be interpreted as a form of paranoia, and if so, it would be the most extreme form imaginable. While a human tyrant might be rightfully paranoid about unperceived threats, a Beholder is paranoid even though it perceives everything, because that attitude is the natural companion to eternal vigilance. Hmm. Which is, I think, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Beholders are among uh, the few creatures that can actually shape reality in their vicinity. In addition, Beholders don't truly sleep when they rest, instead a Beholders' mind remains semi-conscious even as it dreams. As a result, on rare occasions when a beholder dreams to of another beholder, the dream reality becomes warped and takes on physical form, becoming another actual beholder. To call this process reproduction would be inaccurate, because in most cases, the old and new beholders fight to the death, an effect <laughs> the which the world is uh, thankful. Fuck. This so is what good. makes beholders so fucking good, is that sometimes they will just dream up new beholders and get fucking murked. Hell yeah. It's so good. That Ooh, that'd be a good like Ooh, okay. Never mind. I know. I can feel you like thinking of a beholder campaign. (laughs) 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 Yeah, can you? I can. I feel it in my bones. Mm -hmm. You would be right. Yeah. A beholder sees in all directions. It's always looking for concealed attackers, even when it sleeps. Its smaller eyes remain open, scanning its lair for threats. If a human acted this way, the constant vigilance and lack of truly peaceful rest would lead to a dangerous level of psychosis. But the beholder's mind accepts this attitude and is more and as normal and necessary. It's always alert for the possibility of assassination or betrayal by unknown threats uh, that stand uh, ready to pounce on the beholder the instant it lets its guard down. Hmm. Complementing this ever-present passive paranoia is the beholder's genius-level intelligence. Where another 17. creature. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Where another creature (laughs) would ignore the occurrence of two seemingly unrelated events as merely coincidental, a beholder imagines multiple ways that could be related, uh, finding or fabricating a pattern out of supposed actual randomness. By thinking of all these possibilities, however implausible they might be, and uh, extrapolating its own actions in response, a beholder is truly prepared for any situation and has a strategy to counteract it. So So they are definitely a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, 100%. Because it's that form of like the human mind is very good at creating pattern recognition where no such thing exists. Yeah. And then for beholders, you just turn that shit up to 11. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucking wild. Do you think they believe in Cheese Moon or Flat Earth? I'm certain they would. And if there was one person, if there was a beholder on the moon dreaming, I'm sure it would become Cheese Moon. We love Cheese Moon. We love Cheese Moon. So
0: there's so many conspiracy theories about the moon. I wonder which one beholders most believe cuz there's, you know, the fact that the moon is a hologram.
1: There's a fact uh, I would that... <laughs> think that the moon <laughs> Jeez, is a hologram moon. created by another beholder to trick the specific beholder. Okay. And we'll talk mm. about that a little bit more. Beholders oh, you already always have that assume... plan. Hell yeah. <laughs> you already had
0: you knew i was gonna ask about cheese moon and hologram moon you know me so well
1: specifically the idea that everything if if a beholder is challenged in any way including believing the moon is real it's probably another beholder trying to trick it another cowardly and weak beholder (laughs) i love that so much beholders are so fucking good (laughs) yeah and you know what's great about beholders hmm it is one of those. Oh fuck! R- There's Qanon beholders. Oh, hundred percent. That is. But all of the all, of the, all of the evil pedophiles are other beholders. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think there would be Qanon beholders because there are, are sure? no beholder children, and even if there were, beholders mm. would not give a fuck if they were being raped or That's ritualistically also sacrificed. True. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. proved wrong. Thank you. A Beholder has plans on top of plans, even for the least likely circumstance. It doesn't matter if invading adventurers arrive at its lair with summoned angel allies or enslaved demons, by breaking through the floor, by teleporting or riding dinosaurs, or girded with layers of magical defenses and armed with advanced weapons. In any case, the Beholder's reaction is calculated because it has thought about what it is and its minions must do in response in every situation. Hmm. So if you're a DM and you're running a Beholder... The mm-hmm. beholder should never be surprised or on the back foot, because they just wouldn't be. Mm. You really yeah. have to play up the inhuman intellect, even though it's 17. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like Beverly getting uh, thrown off the tower.
1: Literally. Yeah. and to trick a beholder into yeah.
0: eating a poison berry. Very good. Makes much more sense.
1: Right? So... Let's talk about the more despotic aspects of Beholders. I'm down. A a Beholder believes it's superior to all other entities. Unintelligent foes are regarded as foods or pets. An intelligent creature is often seen as food or a potential minion. Hmm. A a Beholder's true rivals are other Beholders. For only another Beholder has the intellect, power, and magic to threaten another of its kind. Again, my 5th level character is smarter than any of these Beholders. (laughs) (laughs) Most of a beholder's mental activity is devoted to unearthing plots against itself, real or imaginary. Planning attacks against known rivals and preparing its defenses against all other possible threats. It considers itself the center of the world in a narcissistic way. Of course, the clan of Duragar moving into its territory is because of a rival is trying to oust it. Of course, the gang of adventurers and its lair were sent to kill the cowardly by a cowardly rival and so on, because it's the perfect example of beholderness and all other creatures are jealous. Okay. Yeah. Which is a great, you know, obviously all of the coup people were Antifa. (laughs) Yeah, obviously.
0: It doesn't matter that a congressman's son was there. He posted being proud of him. Uh, It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter that the QAnon shaman was there. It doesn't matter that they planned it on right wing forums for uh, like a week or two, if not months. I don't remember how long they've been planning it. None of that matters. It was Antifa. It was Antifa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A Beholder's Arrogance. Oh, did you see... Oh, go on.
0: Did you see the, um... Somebody had uh, the outsider uh, tattoo on his hand from... Yeah, uh, and they uh, thought it was a hammer hammer and sickle. Hammer and sickle. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Fuck, imagine playing Dishonored and being a right-wing terrorist. Oh, fuck. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Look at that hammer and sickle. Mm. Mmm. Fuck, I I can't...
1: Uh, go on. A beholder's arrogance is a prominent aspect of its personality. Although it isn't inclined to brag of its uh, superiority, especially in combat, it is dismissive of, uh, dismissive of its opponent's efforts and insulting of their abilities and failures. An exceptional challenger can earn a measure of respect. Enough that a beholder might be merciful and pacify the creature with a charm ray or a sleep ray instead of killing it outright. Of course, this Mercy has a purpose. The defeated opponent is interrogated, subjugated, and offered a role in the Beholder's retinue once its will is broken. A Beholder might consider a group of skilled adventurers to be a valuable prize and use its abilities to capture them all of their, uh, for, their, uh, for this purpose, giving the opportunity to serve as guards, spies, or assassins against a rival. Refusal means, at best, servitude as a charmed minion, and at worst, disintegration. You're giving me so many good ideas for a campaign, man. I'm I know. Notes. Hold on. <laughs> My favorite part about Beholders is, like, all of this shit you're hearing, Beholders are one of the most recent, truly, uh, truly original ideas. Mm-hmm. Right? This was a an original character, original kind of monster created by... D&D. Mm-hmm. And I think that's
0: brilliant. I, um, on my tattoo, uh, my D&D tattoo, it's a, gonna be a sleeve, and one of the monsters that I'm having incorporated into it is the Beholder. And I, I had good. that plan before this, uh, episode, uh, because I just love their design, and I do love Beholders. I don't know as much as you do about them, because I don't sit there and read the manual front to back. Um, the monster manual? Maybe you should. Um, maybe I should, but I haven't yet. I've read the DM's guide, uh, and the player's handbook, and then I skimmed through the rest. And I've also read Strahd and, uh, Lost Minds of Phandelver. But I haven't just gone through the entire monster manual. I think yeah. I should.
1: D&D monsters are so interesting to read about I would suggest Volo's Guides to Monsters And Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes Okay Which is what I'm using for a lot of this I use for some of the stuff I did at the beginning I I pulled from the monster manual But a lot of this is coming from uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters and Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes Okay Yeah. Alright Let's talk about Beholder's fucking Oh Fuck yeah They don't fuck. Oh, fuck no. Beholders can produce others of their own kind, but the process has nothing to do with biology and everything to do with psychology. Is it them
0: dreaming up more still?
1: Yeah. When a Beholder sleeps, uh, its body goes briefly dormant, but its mind never stops thinking. The creature is fully aware, even though uh, to an outside observer it might appear oblivious to its surroundings. Sometimes, a beholder's dreams are dominated by images of itself or of other beholders, which might, might or might not actually exist. Uh, on extremely rare occasions when a beholder dreams of another beholder, the act uh, creates a warp in reality from which a new, fully formed beholder springs forth unbidden. Seemingly having appeared out of thin air in a nearby space, this offspring might be a duplicate of the beholder that dreamed into existence... Or it could take a form of a different variety of beholders, such as a death kiss or a gazer. Uh, we'll talk about those individually. Um, it might also be a truly unique creature, such as could be spawned only from the twisted imagination of a beholder. Uh, with a set of magical abilities unlike that of its parent, in most cases the process yields one of the three principal forms of the beholder. A solitary beholder, a hive, or a death tyrant. I got so many good ideas. I know, man. You're loving this.
0: I can hear the pencil. I am. Can you hear me uh, typing away? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Let's go through these. So, solitary beholders. Most of the beholders in the world live apart from others of their kind, and they like it that way. When a solitary beholder dreams another beholder into existence, the creature's basic nature often means that the first thing they'll do is try to destroy one another. A solitary beholder lairs within a cave system or a ruined structure, either one of its own making, or a place the creature took over after killing or driving off the beholder that gave it birth. A solitary beholder gathers or inherits inferior creatures that it uses in minions. These creatures help defend the lair, and also serve as shock troops if the beholder vacates its lair to prey on the inhabitants of the surrounding area. Often, it plunders its nearby uh, neighbor's homes uh, for knowledge and treasure. After the Beholder secures the spoils it desires from its enemies, it also uh, allows the minions to divide the remaining booty. Hell yeah, booty. Hell yeah, dude. Divide that booty. Oh, dude, there is no dividing this booty. You get
0: all of it or nothing. This dump truck is one dump truck, and you get getting all that junk inside that trunk. I want to tell you about my idea for this campaign it's so fucking bad. I can't, man. I think this is going to be a Patreon campaign. I don't think we're going to do one-shots. <laughs> I think I'm going to write this, and we're going to have one session a month for Patreon. I am so fuck. I am... I am grinning, man. <laughs> all right, I'm down.
1: <laughs> but you could tell me about it. I can't. No.
0: It... Everything I have down is a setup for the campaign, and ooh, I need somebody to talk. Maddie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: we just talked about how Maddie never understands what we're talking about.
0: (laughs) No, I'm just going to talk to her about eternal darkness and (laughs) fucking, oh, yeah, and eye monsters. Uh, Man, I'm so fucking happy right now.
1: Yeah, man, that's going to be a good time. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about eye tyrants. (laughs) okay i tyrants are solitary beholders that has suppressed its xenophobia and paranoia and chooses to live as the leader or ruler of a community or an organization that includes other creatures this doesn't mean that i tyrants likes respects or understands the creature it associates with but it does distinguish between individuals of other races uh, and communicates with them on a regular basis an eye tyrant is still ruthless at eliminating threats to itself whether from another beholder or some other powerful creature it just doesn't have the insane fear that any creature not under its control is working for an enemy hmm most known uh beholders who choose to interact with humanoid society in any way are eye tyrants For an example of an eye tyrant that leads an organization of humanoids, uh, see the section... Well, I'm reading that off. Uh, The Xanathar, who writes Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah. um, He runs uh, Vanasar's Guild, which is a thieves' guild that he runs directly uh, in uh, Waterdeep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a crazy little fuck. I'm so fucking happy right now. (laughs) Don't whisper, (laughs) we're in a podcast. What? We're, don't whisper we're in a podcast has. I can boost my audio, man. They'll All right, hear dude. it. Alright, dude. Let's talk about hives.
0: Um I haven't had any peanut butter lately, so I'm good.
1: Huh? Okay. Hives? Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Remember that time I tried to feed you peanuts directly? Yep. Yep. In exceedingly rare cases, a beholder (laughs) might experience a dream in which it sees itself in a mirror, or encounters several copies of itself, or imagines a sensation akin to what humanoids would call multiple personalities. At such a time, the beholder's dream birthing creates a beholder hive, a group of newborns that are identical twins to its own shape, but smaller. When the mm. dreamer awakens, it treats the newborns as extensions of its own self and other bodies, and therefore isn't consumed with an urge to kill them. Uh, okay. This united group of identical beholders doesn't truly have hive intelligence, but their personalities and goals are so similar that they can predict and assume each other's behavior. So Much these, just, these are the white supremacists. These are Charlottesville boys. <laughs> 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 they each hold a tiki torch and one eye stock. Oh, okay. All right. Welcome to Jonestown, everybody. Hell yeah, dude. The original Beholder is usually the dominant one and takes the leadership role. Um, A hive consists of three to ten Beholders, plus whatever minions they control. Okay. Yeah, man. I love Beholders so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're telling me. Okay. Yeah, man, of course. Um, Death Tyrants. Another very good one. As the beholder ages, it spends more and more time worrying about its morta- mor- mortality. The dreams of such a death-fearing beholder might reach into strange corners of reality and imagine circumstances in which the creature can live on after death. When what the did beholder, you call this? Uh, A death tyrant. When the beholder awakens, it finds itself transformed into a death tyrant. It now exists in a state of undeath, yet its fear of being killed remains una- unabated. The Death Tyrant's paranoia about its enemies tends to be related to how it fears it will be destroyed, and it plans to take that fear into account. For example, a Death Tyrant who imagined it would be uh, eventually slain by frost giants might relocate its uh, lair uh, to the inside of a volcano, send its minion to hunt down all frost giants within a 100 miles, or take some drastic measures to ensure that the fear of never uh, becomes a reality. Okay. So these are beholder liches, essentially, that are so terrified of being killed by means other than aging that they essentially uh, would commit genocide or move into an area very, very far away from whatever fears it might have. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Yeah, take note of that. (laughs) Alrighty, so. And then the last uh, kind of... uh, kinds of beholder i guess class of beholders maybe uh which are beholderkins uh they be- uh, bear a superficial resemblance to true beholders and that each has a floating spherical body with eyes uh, and that's where the similarity ends um a death kiss is usually the result of a nightmare about blood such as a beholder might experience after an encounter with a vampire or after being severely wounded in battle okay there are also gazers, which are born out of poisoned or ill beholders' feverish uh, dreams, fever in which uh, its senses of perspective and scale is warped. Um, there's also spectators, which are a kind of lesser beholders summoned from another plane of existence to watch over something, such as a treasure hoard. They're kind of like spies. Um, Hell, yeah! Spy and... beholders, man. Oh yeah. Uh, there's also goths, which I'm what gonna I... send you a picture of a goth, Hold and I want you to try okay. to uh, right. uh, describe it for me. Uh, Discord. Yep. yep. Okay.
0: Um. Okay. So, imagine Mike Wazowski with uh very sharp uh ooh, like Wendigo teeth, like supernatural Wendigo teeth, with uh but it's only a head with uh several eye stalks and tentacles. Uh, so if it was like a squid. Uh, imagine the tentacles wrapping around the head and stomach, instead of coming out from below the head. That's my description for it. Also, it's very it looks good. Really cool. It uh, looks rad as hell, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. So, um, imagine a fucking Beholder campaign. This isn't what I'm doing, but imagine a fucking Beholder campaign where they're all just fucking on the moon and, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some and real the fucking con- yeah, despicable commising. me shit coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: They're the ones convincing, like, everybody that the moon's not real. <laughs>
1: Very good. Um, so, goths um, hail from the same plane as spectators do, uh, okay. or at least one that overlaps it enough that they can take advantage of a flawed attempt to summon a spectator. Uh Uh, True beholders can be found on a spectator or a goth's home planet. uh, Sorry, home plane. Uh, The creature's actual place of origin is unknown. It's either another plane or a world beyond stars or some stranger location. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whereas spectators and goths aren't believed to originate from the dreams as other beholders do. So they're technically really not even beholders in name because they're not derived from dreams. They exist Just Mm -hmm. on a plane that beholders can summon them from. Okay. All right. Um, Taz. Yes. We're gonna take an ad break, but after we get back, me and you are gonna build a beholder. Oh. We're gonna make one. Building beholder, man. Oh, we're gonna make exactly what this beholder looks like. Okay. Using rolls and tables, so get your dice, and enjoy Uh, these ads. Hell yeah. Hey, Tez, you know, yes. I feel so I feel so comfortable where I'm at right now. You know why? Do you? Why? I feel like I'm in the ears of somebody who supports us, and mmm, baby, they're nice. Oh, yeah. Look at those ear... Ooh,
0: you see that? They have a little bit of earwax right there, though.
1: Yeah, let's clear that out for them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I've never tasted earwax, and I'll never do it again. Yeah, but good. you're welcome.
1: You're welcome. But yeah, um... So, I kind of want to talk today about our individual experiences with Dungeons and Dragons and explicitly about a campaign that you run, ran that involves my favorite character of all time, Mugan.
0: So the campaign uh, took place in a little world called Evan Tierlin. Uh, but it actually didn't. There, you were all in a shadow version of Evan Tierlin. to the town's guard. Which uh, was, uh, what was
1: that town guard's name, out of curiosity? Was it? Was it potentially Bobby? <laughs> and then he so I... tried to retcon his name. Nope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and
1: you yeah. were surprised that absolutely nobody <laughs> was fucking having it.
0: Hey, dice goblins. What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears.
1: Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me to have the wax.
0: Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. I love dice. Give me
1: some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many
0: stripes? You can, you can be a cup goblin. Get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T A N G E N T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well,
1: <laughs> that sounds good. Taz! That's my name We need to build a beholder right. What is its name? It's the only thing I can't roll for
0: Um, um, uh, 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 uh c- Uh-huh, let's go Cylon.
1: Cylon Cylon? Cool, okay, write that down Okay, um, okay Okay, now, Taz, I want you to roll 2d6 Okay I got a six and a two, so eight. Eight, all right. This beholder is five foot in diameter, its body is. Okay. Now, a d12. Okay. Another eight. Another eight. This is a purplish blue, already incredibly foul looking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk skin texture. Okay. Uh, roll a d10 for me. Okay. 9 This is a warty Fucking skin So purplish blue Wart covered (laughs) Ew (laughs) Alright I love that Okay roll another d10 to determine the eye color I love this for us I know right (laughs) Okay another 9 Another 9 okay so he's got black eyes I hate this (laughs) This Cylon no idea, sucks. This I know. Is Cylon idea. is rough, though. <laughs> Let's determine its iris shape. <laughs> okay. I uh, roll a d20. D20. Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. It's a triangle iris. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I'm a little in love with him now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's determine how big these fucking eyes are. Oh, no. Um, Roll a 2d6. Seven. Okay. Seven would mean that its um, main eye is normal-sized. So he's got a very normal... Uh, central eye. Okay. Now I want you to roll... We're not gonna roll... Because technically you're supposed to roll, like, ten times 2d6. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to do that, so we're just gonna roll again to see how big the eye stalks are. Okay. Eight. Eight. Okay, yeah, they're all normal then. He's got very uniform eyes. Okay. Good to know. Let's talk about the texture though. Of his eyes? (laughs) Uh... Of his eye stalks. Oh no! Uh, roll a d six. 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 Uh, segmented insectile stylized. Oh my god. He's so bad. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the shape. Uh, roll a d four. The shape of the beholder. The shape of the eye stalk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two two okay thin and shorts <laughs> all of his eye stocks are incredibly thin and small i didn't think it was going to get much worse <laughs> but here we are all right the um the shape of its mouth and the size of its mouth uh, roll a d6 one very small and narrow <laughs> He's got such normal eyes, and such a tiny mouth. Now, wanna know what type of teeth are in this tiny mouth? Roll a d10 for me. Okay. And god, I'm hoping for a 10. Do I wanna know why? No, but I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. One. Thick and pointed! All right, so we know what this little fucker looks like. Uh, Taz, uh, when we tweet out, uh, Taz is going to send me a picture of the notes he took on the look of it. We're going to put it out on Twitter at Tangent Avenue. Uh, And uh, (laughs) we expect uh, fan art. (laughs) All right, now, as Taz well knows in role playing games, the look of this monster is almost inconsequential. Yeah. Um, Do we got to roll for his personality now? (laughs) Damn straight, we're going to roll for his personality. (laughs) Um, Alright, let's determine uh, its personality trait. Go ahead and roll a d8 for me. Three. Three, okay. Uh, I determine if a creature is worth keeping alive within the first minute of speaking to it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's determine this Beholder's Ideals, Um, and I want to make sure that you're aware that um, the the alignment uh, that the ideals span is evil, lawful, or neutral. Okay. That's it. So go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Four. Four? Okay. Uh, I must maintain a current balance of power in the region. So it's a, a, a very despotic ruler of some variety. I must maintain what? Uh, I must maintain uh, the current balance of power in the region. Okay. Let's go Beholder Bonds. What bonds this Beholder to its current actions? Roll a d6 for me. Four. Four, okay. I have foreseen the moment of my death and know what will kill me. I hope to curry favor with with my slayer to forestall my end. So it is accepted that it's going to die and is very meekly, uh... (laughs) basically begging for its life every minute. Okay, I have foreseen the moment of my death and... Uh... And know what will kill me. I hope to curry favor with my slayer to forestall my end. Okay. Alright, and roll a d6. Let's figure out what flaw this beholder has, other than its looks. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, man? That's not a flaw. Alright, whatever you say. Enjoy your insectoid fly stocks in my uh, in my wordy skin. <laughs> I frequently have terrifying dreams. Me too. Actually, I don't Same. really dream. I've never dreamt a day in my life. <laughs> All right, that's Cylon, our beholder. What a lovely boy he is. He's very complicated. <laughs> he is. He's a he's a complex individual. He really is. Uh so yeah, um look out for a Cylon shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. That would be rad. Yeah.
0: We'll have to All make right. a whole Cylon line with him saying different quotes Honestly, to match his yeah. personality,
1: bonds, and flaws and traits, ideas. Yeah. Of course. Now I wanna talk a little bit about beholders' eye stocks. Okay. And we're gonna uh we're gonna talk about them outside of combat because talking about their combat t- capabilities is a little like, you know, ugh. Yeah, it's it's not good for podcasting. Yeah, unless we're in an actual D and D play. Um, so we're gonna talk about how it uses these eye stocks outside of combat. Okay. Um. Oh, let's see here. Getting more news from the coup. It's all right though. Even more news, man. Even more news, man. What's the news? Uh, just something about a Trump fanatic screaming at, arrested because he was screaming at people. Oh, cool. Yeah, not sure what. I didn't really look into it, but anyway. Uh, the anti-magic cone, uh, the magic nullifying effect of a beholder's central eye, has a number of possible uses outside of combat, but if it's not needed, the beholder can just turn it off by simply closing his eyes. Okay. You know. Uh, now the negative energy cone normally usable by only a death tyrant negative energy prevents survivors of a battle from healing and animates any dead or dying creature as a zombie under the beholder's control because there's no limit to the number of zombies a death tyrant can animate and control it can pack its lair so full of undead that there is little space for anyone to walk creating a shambling barrier of ca- uh, cadaverous resistance against any invasion yeah, make- notes man imagine just having so many it's the negative energy cone fuck man imagine just like raising a zombie to get you a drink imagine (laughs) that'd be good but also
0: imagine a fucking uh, like metal uh, beholder like hosting their own concert with a bunch of uh, zombies as the crowd and you're that the fucking would be so good
1: over the zombies to get to them <laughs> oh my god yes fuck yeah i'm such a massive fan of that <laughs> me too man me too so let's talk about its charm ray Okay. Uh, It's common for a beholder to charm a hostile monster, lure the creature back to the lair, and confine it it there so it can't escape its own power. In this way, even monsters that can't be bribed or coerced can be useful to a beholder, making its lair a confusing zoo of hostile beasts. Uh, Although each use of this charm effect lasts only an hour, repeated uses over time against the same target tend to wear down a creature's will, creating a very docile servant. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm fucking now, dreaming right now. I know. <laughs> I can feel you tip tip tapping away. Yeah. Uh, um, paralyzing rays. Um, outside of combat, the paralyzing ray is most often used to just restrain a fleeing minion that doesn't want uh, that it doesn't want to destroy outright. So if you've got if your butler running away because you're dressed like a bat every night and you don't accept his um, cooking, um, <laughs> you would paralyze Alfred uh, and restrain him and put him under charming more. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk uh, fear rays A beholder uses its fear ray to Psychologically torture and interrogate a prisoner Until the creature loses the will to resist Alright, waterboarding beholders (laughs) Literally that, but Like, not using any water Yeah Oof Okay They didn't get me fucking Gatorade Zero They got me normal Gatorade Monsters I know They were out of fucking water, and they didn't give me Gatorade Zero. Fuck Walmart, Walmart. man. The slowing ray. Okay. A beholder might use its slowing ray on an uncooperative creature as a demonstration of sorts, threatening to follow it up with more severe consequences if the creature doesn't submit to the beholder's will. Hmm. So it's just, like, a weird punishment. (laughs) And I think I will talk about what the slowing ray does, just so we can kind of understand, like, what kind of punishment that is. So the target must uh, succeed on a DC 16 dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the target's speed is halved for one minute. So instead of moving 30 feet in six seconds, you can move 15 feet in the same amount of time. Rough. In addition, the creature can't take reactions, and it can't take either. And it can take either an action or a bonus action on its turn, not both. The That's... creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each turn, uh, ending the effect on itself uh, on a success. That's fucking rough. Yeah. So you can do like one thing and move a little bit. <laughs> Oof. Very weird punishment. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. The death ray and the enervation ray. Love them. A death ray can fine a uh, beholder can fine tune its death ray or enervation. Uh, an enervation ray so that it can zap the smallest of targets and deal only a small amount of damage though usually still enough to obliterate whatever it touches mm-hmm. for example to guard against a magical spying a beholder might use its death uh, either uh, ease or either, either ray to eliminate all common vermin bats rats spiders and so on from its lair mm-hmm. so this might kill kumar oh no yeah he is a bat rat he's a bat rat Okay, now, uh, telekinetic ray. In addition to functioning as the beholder's arms and hands for everyday tasks, the telekinetic ray is essential for building traps and other layer defenses such as positioning for the weights uh, for a falling bo- uh, block trap. This ray also allows a beholder to station its minions in part of the lair that can otherwise be accessed only by climbing or flying, preventing the occupants from escaping. A beholder could, use, uh, could also use its telekinetic ray to forcibly transport a creature immune to the charm effect. Such as, like, a contract, a construct or some kinds of an undead.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Alright. Then we've got the sleep ray. When it parlays with other creatures, a beholder might use its sleep ray as a display of power, quickly disabling the leader and thereby persuading the rest of the group to no amount of uh, no restriction. The tactic is usually uh primary is oh the tactic Whoa. is useful <laughs> the tactic is useful primarily when the beholder intends to use the group for its own purposes and keeping the leader alive is advantageous to those plans this ray is also used to pacify potentially useful captains uh captives uh perhaps in preparation for conditioning them with the charm or fear rays fuck man i wish i had a sleep ray to use on my son I wish I had a sleep ray to use on myself, and also a disintegration ray to use on myself. No. (laughs) That would be fun. A beholder committing suicide by just turning an eye stock on its own head. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, fun. Okay. That'd be a good tattoo. (laughs) Okay. Alright. Get it. Alright, I will. Cool. Taxes are coming. What? Taxes are going to be coming soon. That's true. Maybe I'll get a tattoo. You need one, man. I do. Join me. No. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Full Metal Alchemist tattoo. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. You, you talk about that. it the whole time. It's so good. I'm it's, surprised it's, you're not going to MHA though. I mean, I like MHA, but it's not my favorite show. Really. Yeah, I mean, Full Metal Alchemist is... Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is, like, the best story ever told. Well, so.
0: yeah, I know you think, like, that's better, but...
1: It's... the It is better. It's not a matter of thinking. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, do you have a problem with that? No, I still haven't seen it, so I don't have an opinion. <laughs> well, maybe instead of watching the MHA movie, we'll watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood start to finish tonight. Uh, I imagine that's a lot. It is, and we wouldn't be able to get through it, but... <laughs> Anyway, petrification ray. Okay. The most mundane function of the petrification ray is that it means decorating a beholder's lair with statues. Okay. Cool. Beyond that, the ray has a multitude of other uses. An unruly minion could be turned into stone, eliminating the creature a threat and creating a permanent reminder of the price of disobeying the beholder. Uh, A beholder might use the loosely scattered petrified creatures to create an obstacle in an open chamber or pack them tightly into a corridor to seal off an area. Or use them as falling hazards uh, instead of heavy blocks in order to endanger fear and uncertainty amongst intruders. Imagine going through a beholder lair and just a stone goblin drops on you. Hell yeah. That would be very good. It would be. I was thinking of a different idea though, actually. You could also use, like scarier monsters as well to like make you think that it's way worse like if if the party just had like a rough fight with like an umber hulk or something like that drop a petrified umber hulk in front of them mm-hmm. what was this one called petrification ray and then we've got the beholder's disintegration ray uh, it's a useful tool for excavation. The beholder can also manipulate the ray with pinpoint control, enabling it to cut the shapes, uh, cut and shape objects as though it were wielding a fine chisel, drill holes too small for an arrow to pass through. Uh, carve masonry blocks out of stone and amputate limbs, or brand creatures with uh, burn-like scars. This ray and the telekinetic ray are the basis for the Beholder's ability to shape its lair to a very specific and uh, exacting needs, Hmm. uh, whether sculpting rooms or fabricating traps. Okay. And, uh, that's kind of what I got for Beholders. There are, like, some variants that you can use for Beholder abilities, but a lot of those are, like, spells and we would be going into a lot of gameplay you know yeah. stuff for that uh and then there are like beholder layers which i generally find just talking about layers kind of uninteresting mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's a lot of that weird kind of stuff yeah so yeah that's that's beholders oh yeah yeah i have many a good idea now
0: Hell yeah, dude. This episode was needed, man. <laughs> I know. It's so good, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I'm so excited for this campaign.
1: Will I do another D&D episode <laughs> next time? Yes, Who's to say. Yes. There's cool there's cool stuff about giants. Hell yeah. Love giants. Yeah, uh yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um Yeah. You can compl- you complain about me only doing D and D episodes, but the last several I've done are all, are all great. Yeah, I haven't complained. Mm, you got a tone. No,
0: I mean I asked you at one point if because uh, you were doing a bunch of D and D episodes and you had a bunch planned, if you wanted to start a separate podcast to do it, uh, or <laughs> no. if you wanted to keep it on tangent.
1: Let's keep it on tangent. Why not? Yeah definitely fine uh but yeah um i'm glad it's my fucking podcast too taz i don't <laughs> need your permission uh
0: yeah i am very excited about this um keep an eye out for that
1: uh <laughs> yeah if you want to hear us play D, check out the patreon
0: yeah it's gonna be a little bit because uh, i want to build a world for this and everything because <laughs> yeah i have some real cool ideas Hell yeah, dude! And, All right. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah! And then also keep an eye out for uh, a podcast launching around the end of the year, maybe early next year. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. be starting our an actual D and D podcast outside of just Patreon as well. Yeah. Uh, and again, But that's
1: not associated with Tangent Avenue. Nope. Just asphalt. That's just us, baby. Yeah. yeah just asphalt. Um.
0: But yeah. Uh. Yeah. It is only a dollar. Uh. For this month and next month, if you guys want to check out a Patreon. Uh, we are doing a power hour over there, uh, which you heard a little bit of in the ad. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that will be available by the time you're listening to this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anything anything else, Bryson?
1: Um, kill your landlords. <laughs>
0: okay. So we want to thank our lovely artist, Julia Marie Artistry, for the cover art and our most of our designs for our merch, which you can find in the links below. You can find her on Julia Marie artistry,
1: uh, at Julia Marie artistry on Instagram. We got this Taz. Instagram. Nope. Incorrect. What? <laughs> Is it? Find her. Let me, let me do this. Cause I do this all the time and you're bad at doing it. Okay. Lick my balls, man. Lick, lick, lick my balls. You <laughs> can find up. us on Twitter at tangent Avenue, uh, and, uh, myself at want a toothpick Taz, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm um, Damn straight, you are. We uh, also want to thank, again, correctly, <laughs> Julia Murray Artistry. You can find her work at Instagram.com slash Julia Murray Artistry. Yeah, I was uh, right. Also th- no, you weren't. Julia you said Mur- at Julia Murray Artistry. Yeah, that's <laughs> Give a- the link, cunt. Well, I mean. We want to thank Homesick Entertainment for the intro, mid-roll, and outro. You can find their work at YouTube.com slash C slash Homestick. Hell yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and you guys can find us on Patreon again, uh, by opening up the app, going to the website, however you may do, or you can find the link in our master link in the description, uh, Tangent Avenue, of course, and, yeah. Fuck off.
1: Fuck off, everybody. Yeah, get the fuck away from me. Oh, um, we also guessed it on, uh a delightful show called Truthcast. oh yeah
0: that might not be out yet uh i'm not i sure would wh- assume
1: it would already be out i don't know how fast do. <laughs> they do uh,
0: they said they had a couple weeks out already uh gotcha recorded. uh so i think i don't think it'll be out yet but yeah check out the truth cast they're pretty good pretty funny they're very funny gentlemen yeah, they uh, have good. a lot of fun with them they were the ones who guested on our uh gardner slash wicca episode
1: yeah so very and fun. if you liked that hot nonsense and not the Gerald Gardner stuff, you'll love the TruthCast episode we Absolutely. Were on. It is pure nonsense, and we loved it. Yeah.
0: Bye! Bye, everybody!